Welcome to the Big Fellas Podcast, where we chop it up about all things past, present, and future about the game of basketball. Where facts, stats, and context reign supreme. That is blasphemous. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. Always keep it real. Get ready to learn from players, coaches, and fans from all levels of the game and see the court in a brand new way. And now, fresh off the sidelines, here's your host, John Hartofillis. What is up, guys, and welcome to the Big Fellas Podcast. I'm your host, JH, coming to you from New York City, the mecca of basketball. Today, I'm joined by our very special guests, coming in from Brooklyn, Greg, the truth serum, young Mitro, and Gemstar Unbiased. We've got a good one in store for you today, fellas. Episode three, Chauncey Billups, the statless winner. Mitro, Gem, what's going on, fellas? <laughs> what up, J.H.? What's, What's up, good, man? man? Thank you, man. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor thank to you. be on your show, bro. Thank you guys for coming on. This is going to be a great, great episode. I <laughs> Basically, Chauncey Bills has never been considered a superstar, but he was a star player for nearly a decade and a proven winner at that. So I'm just going to get right into his introduction. Chauncey was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, three-time Colorado Mr. Basketball, stayed close to home to go to the University of Colorado Boulder and had a lot of success there that uh, the Celtics ended up drafting him with the number three overall pick in 1997. That's the same draft that Tim Duncan went first in. He enjoyed a 17-year career, but at the beginning, it was kind of rocky. He was trading consecutive seasons, sometimes even mid-season, to the Raptors, Nuggets, Magic, Timberwolves from 1997 to 2002. That's five different teams that he was jumping in and out from. Finally, he ends up going to the Pistons, goes to six straight conference finals, something that only LeBron, Magic, Kareem have done before that. And then going to the Nuggets, takes them to the Western Conference Finals. After that, goes to the Knicks, the last time they were in the playoffs. Ends up going to the Clippers after that, where he tears his Achilles and his career ends before he returns to Detroit and has his number four jersey retired. The highlights of his career include he was an NBA champion in 2004, NBA Finals MVP in 2004. He was fifth in MVP voting in 2006 behind Steve Nash, LeBron James, Dirk Nowitzki, and Kobe Bryant, averaging 18-9, and nine, carrying Detroit to the number one record in the NBA with 64 wins. He was also sixth in the MVP race in 2009 for, because of what he did for the Denver Nuggets. Chauncey was a five-time All-Star from 2006 to 2010. He was second, uh, All-NBA second team in 2006 and third team in 2007-2009. All-Defensive second team in 2005 and 2006 with a career free throw percentage of .894 for sixth all-time. During his career, he beat the Reggie Miller-led Pacers, the AI-led 76ers, the Dwight Howard-led Magic, and the LeBron-led Cavs, all in route to multiple Eastern Conference Finals and championships. Chauncey was also the recipient of the J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award in 2008, the NBA Sportsmanship Award in 2009, and the NBA Teammate of the Year Award in 2013 because Chauncey promotes a winning culture. All right, so I just, wanna, I just wanted to say Chauncey to me was everything growing up. He was the, my first favorite player. Um, he was somebody that I modeled my game over. Jade, you would know a lot of the, the moves that I used with the shoulder, the shoulder bumps and, and, the, and all those physical plays that I like to create separation. I literally modeled my game over him because I was not the most athletic guy growing up. So what I need to learn how to do is play like Chauncey. I just wanted to bring back one of my old uh, understandings of basketball, the impact argument, the Paul Millsap versus Dennis Rodman. Now, I'm not going to harp on it too much, but it's not all about stats. It's all about impact. A guy like Millsap is just better as a basketball player in, in overallness than Dennis Rodman was. But impact-wise, he wasn't even close. Um, and I do feel the same way about Chauncey. I think that's why he's underrated. Everyone was Lakers fans around that time. And, you know, just to put it into context, like you said, to outplay Kobe, who, you know, 
one of the all-time greats. It, it, it didn't make sense to me. Like, wow, how is Chauncey Phillips dominating this series against guys that are taller, lo longer, stronger, faster? As Phil Jackson said, they ended up switching Kobe onto him in that finals. And Kobe, a lot of times, was sitting on the bench and, because he was in foul trouble. And Chauncey was getting to the line. And you know a guy that's six all the time at the line is making him count. But I do think he's a guy that will never disrupt an offense. He could literally make any superstar blossom. I think he's an excellent point guard to play with. I don't, you know, there's other guys, there's a lot of point guards that are superstars, maybe better than him statistically, that would not fit with certain guys. If you're asking me who I'm taking on a championship team, meaning I got a great player like Kobe or LeBron or Jordan, and I need a point guard, I know he's going to get the ball to Mike. I know he's going to get it to Melo, which we'll get into later. I know he's going to command those guys and say, no, nah, this is what we got to do. That, that's basically what I wanted to say about Chauncey. Fantastic, most underrated player. A lot of people don't even know he has a Finals MVP. Most people don't even know who he is for the most part. Criminally underrated. That's what I want to say. Criminally underrated. His story, too, the beginning of his career. I just want to say it's really hard and really rare for a player to move around that much in your first few years and then become Chauncey Billups, which was the finals MVP, which was all-star. He was the conductor of those Pistons teams. What Wallace was to the Pistons on defense, Billups was to them on offense. He was the leader. He was always the underdog. Look at the Pistons when they went to the finals. Ben Wallace was the only all-star. The Lakers, they played the Lakers. The Lakers had two of the greatest players of all time in Kobe and Shaq and two of the greatest players of the past, Carl Malone and Gary Payton and Phil Jackson, who is the greatest coach of all time. And they beat them. So, I mean, when, when Chauncey came to the Knicks, he was 34 years old. I was stoked because that's the type of player that you want on your team. You want a leader. You want someone to make everyone around you better. And to me, Chauncey Phillips one of the most underrated players of all time. Um, and he's a great uh, analyst as well. I love watching him. Like, you know, Mitro, you were getting into that. I love watching him because there's two types of analysts. They're Ryan Hollins types, <laughs> the Kendrick Perkins types, and then you have the Chauncey Billups types who give you truth, give you unbiased um, expertise. Expert, expert, yeah. So that's yeah. what I got to say, man. On that note, Jem, Detroit's four wins were decided by an average margin of 13.3 points. That's not something where they're winning games by two or three. They, they had the Lakers number in that series, even though they were underdogs, like you just said. Billups really made it difficult to buy the idea that the Pistons didn't have a star. He averaged 21 points per game on 50, 47, 92 shooting splits with five assists, scored 80 points each. They'd win, they'd win games scoring 80, 85 points, if that. We all know he's a great defensive player. When, when the moment counted, he'd bring his offensive game up to that level, even in the hardest fought defensive battles. And to say, I think uh, we spoke about this a little bit off air, JH, to say that those Detroit guys were a stacked squad is a little biased because those all stars were not all stars until they won the championship. They only got recognized as all-stars because they won, not because they were great before that in the eye of the public. None of those guys individually were averaging 20 points a game at that time. So you can't give me that any of those guys were at a level that were – it would be too stacked, especially against the Lakers. Just not a possible thing. Also on his back-to-back, -back, played against the Spurs, went seven, tried to get a back-to-back -back title, a great Spurs team, uh, a prime Tim Duncan. The Pistons will be back-to-back -back champions – 
And we would be looking at this guy a whole lot differently if you had beat the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe and Duncan Parker and Ginobili back-to-back years. That would be a whole different conversation. I got to give context to how impactful this guy Chauncey was. We all kill Melo for not being a winner, for not being able to lead his teams, for being out of the, getting out in the first round multiple times. I believe you have written here from what I see. Great notes, by the way, J.H. Kudos to you, man. Five out of five times he was out in the first round, Carmelo Anthony. This is at his peak, basically. Chauncey goes over with an AI swap. Allen Iverson, yes. Allen Iverson, a lot of people don't know that. That trade happened. Allen Iverson, the MVP of the league, a, a fan favorite, a favorite of mine as well, got traded. A lot of guys wouldn't say AI is better than Chauncey. And it's, a, it's an argument. But got traded. And the one time he gets traded there, they shoot out to the conference finals in their first season together. And they barely lose to the Lakers, who won the title that year against the Magic. Melo was playing the best basketball of his career. It's the first time, Jem, I don't know. I know you're, you like Melo. I mean, we all do. It's, it might be the first time I've ever seen him play defense, if you remember <laughs> correctly. He was actually competing yeah. against Kobe in the conference finals. They both brought out the best of each other. Kobe knew how great Chauncey was. Even a couple times he spoke about him. Uh, just his intellect on the court. So I think giving the context that that was the only time Melo had a successful playoff run, it should tell you how great Chauncey was at setting up the team, Jage. When he first uh, arrived in Detroit, he, at the end of games, he was starting, but at the end of games, he was being benched because Rick Carlisle at the time, who was the Pistons coach, was actually more comfortable with Lindsey Hunter finishing the games. So what happened was... Chauncey's not, Chauncey's not liking this. So Chauncey doesn't like it. Chauncey goes and speaks to Rick Carlisle the same day of a game. I believe, I forgot who it was against. Uh, Might have been the Hawks. And he goes, Rick, you got to give me a chance. I don't know one other star appointment in the league that doesn't finish games. It makes no sense. Give me one chance. Give me one chance. He, so Rick Carlisle says, you know what? You're right. It's unfair. Let's try it. So he finally keeps Billipson. And it comes down to a buzzer beater situation. And this is how it ha- this is how the Mr. Big Shot happens. He gets the ball. This is the fir- the same night. He gets the ball, hesitation, pull up three, sinks it, game over. And there you go. Mr. Big Shot is born. Does the same thing the week later, I believe to I don't remember who it was in John Terry's face. Jason Terry, sorry, not John Terry. Jason Terry's face, another buzzer beater the week after, and then and then it just it just skyrocketed after that. One word to describe Billups for me, resilient. Yeah, because this guy, man, every every situation this guy came out, used it, became stronger from it, and just never gave up, man. Yeah, could have folded, could have folded very easily, yep. like most guys. I mean, if not every guy does, and those and those parameters, for sure. Mitro, it's actually interesting you bring that up because. Uh, there's actually a really interesting quote here. The moment he got to Detroit, Joe Dumas looked at him and said, what are you looking around for? You're looking like we're going to trade you or bench you. Not happening. You're the guy. We're committed to you. Quit looking over your shoulder. And what happens? Right away, the Pistons have their first 51 season and go to six straight conference finals. Once you gave Chaunce, once, once Chaunce was given that stability, that was it. It was a wrap. He had it. He, was, he took it and ran with it. He just needed that one shot. And that was the reason why he chose the Pistons, coming back to your point. You know, not saying with the Timberwolves and going to the Pistons, it's because they gave him a five-year deal. They gave him a, they gave him stability. You know, five years, thirty-five mil. That's a great contract, especially for back then. 
Yeah, back then he was probably on the Bleacher Report list for the most overrated contract. Hundred percent. He's top five. He was Terry Rozier, but you know he had a better outcome. Better outcome for sure. Way better outcome. Yes. Than Terry Rozier. <laughs> better outcome. He definitely was the, the Terry Rozier contract of that. Well, yes, same thing. Big playoff run, instant contract, but he uh, Chauncey delivered. Little quick fire for you guys. Who hits the bigger shots, Mister Big Shot, Chauncey Billups, or Big Shot Bob, Robert Ory? Wow. I'm swinging it to J.H., man. J.H., you're going to have to answer first. Off the bat, I would go Robert Ory just based off the fact that he's had more opportunities to hit shots in big moments. If, if Chauncey had that, maybe he would have hit them. But just based off of sheer volume of big shots, I'd, I'd probably have to go with, with Robert Ory. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It, you probably do that, have to go with Ory. They actually played against each other in Esper's, uh, in Esper's final. And there was a yeah, lot yeah. of big shots going after. That's what defined Robert Ory. I mean, Chauncey Billups was Mr. Big Shot, but, you know, he was he was more than just being a clutch player. That was Yeah, Robert he was Orr. a finals MVP. <laughs> that was Robert Ory. Robert was, was the shot. Big shots with the Lakers, the Spurs, the Rockets. It didn't matter where. He was, that was just Constantly. On to some what-ifs. What happens if the Pistons draft Melo over Darko Milicic, number two overall? You get one more great player into that lineup. I know a lot of people were uh, – and we've had this debate on our Instagram live too. Um, a lot of people think that Melo would have thrown off their team chemistry, but you got to remember this was Melo coming into the league. The way that Melo uh, had to be for the Nuggets wasn't the way, or wouldn't have been the way that he would have to be for the Pistons, especially starting off. You know what I mean? When first coming into a league, so I think they would have used him to his strengths. Um, he would have been another scorer for that team. And remember, he played with Melo in Denver, so he, he brought his game to another level. So imagine Melo on those teams. He did play with him in Denver. It was a great dynamic. He actually had Melo locked in. Again, like we said, almost took out the Lakers at that time. I do think they win a couple championships. And like you said, I'm going to harp on it. He's coming into the league, so he's very impressionable. So once you get into the league and you got Big Ben Wallace, who doesn't play around, and you got Rashid, who doesn't play around, who leads to all-time in technicals, by the way. And you got a guy like Chauncey, uh, Tayshaun Prince, deep, Larry Brown, Rip. fantastic Rip. coach. Uh, Rip. You know, you're going into a culture where, man, I might be able to argue, in theory, that Melo would, would, would be, man, I mean, he already had the offensive skills right mm. away. He could have been... You know what could have been? He could have been a multiple-time champion. He could have been. He could have been a KD-like, if not better, uh, back version of himself. If he added the defensive aspects and the leadership that he would have gained out of Detroit so early, the team would have been his. Because uh, the team went to six conference finals. By the time they get to the sixth conference final, Melo six years in, the team's his. And now you got Chauncey still there. You got Tayshawn. You got all these guys maybe sign one more free agent. I think the East looks very different. I don't know what happens to LeBron. I think the whole league gets thrown off because the Pistons all of a sudden become a dynasty and they'll be there for a while. I got one more what if for you guys. What happens if he doesn't end up going to Detroit? He doesn't have that playoff series. They don't offer him that contract and he just bounces from team to team, probably out of the league if he still gets to his seventh, eighth, ninth team in a few years. What happens to him? What happens to the rest of the league? He was a very resilient player, like Jem said. I don't know if he makes it out. I mean, that would have been all-time resiliency. But if there's anyone to bet on, it would be Chauncey. 
I still think he somehow finds a way eventually on some team that takes a chance on him, and he would become who he is. That's exactly what I was going to say. You just okay. nailed it. So we're, yeah, you nailed we're, it. Yeah. We're, we're on the same page, I mean, baby. It's definitely same page. And uh, look, it took Terrell Brandon to go down in Minnesota for him to showcase what he's got, what he brings to the table. Pistons saw it. If the Pistons wouldn't have seen it, somebody else would have seen it. And I think um, as resilient as he was, I agree 100%. He would have he would have made it out of, you know, uh, another team, that, regardless if it was Detroit or somewhere else. He, I think – at the end of the day, Billups would have been Billups. It might have been a, maybe a longer path, but at the end of the day, when you're a guy like that and you're a leader like that and you're smart, your IQ is one of the smartest players of all time for me, um, you're, you're, you're bound to, to prove the doubters wrong is, is what I want to say. <laughs> Real quick, though, how does that change his legacy, though? Because you could make the argument Detroit's the best situation for him. If he, he doesn't win a championship in 04, that finals MVP, maybe maybe he's still resilient. He gets a shot and he, he's a 15 to 20 point per game scorer. Are, are we talking about him right now? I don't know if we are. I don't know. It just, again, situationally, it would just depend on where he lands. Um, if it, it could have been anywhere. I, I don't know. There were so many teams back then. Maybe he teamed up with T-Mac at that time in 03, 04. Imagine that. T-Mac and Chauncey, you know. Uh, there was a lot of guys that needed, you know, secondary stars, maybe with Pierce in Boston, mm. even though he had just mm -hmm. left a couple of years behind. Uh, you don't know, but if he had the chance and played alongside one of those guys, I, I mean, I see him coming out of some type of conference finals. I, I see it, especially with a score. I, I see it. It would work. What we wish we could bring back, I would probably think it's got to be a point guard that's the defensive leader of the team. That We really don't see that a lot these days. We see a lot of uh, ball handling wizards and and, and three and three point marksmen, but we don't really see a lot of guys that are just the defensive anchor of their teams. What do you guys think? Yeah, the 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 ball handling wizards usually doesn't translate to winning. Um, those guys, most of the point guards that play in the league today, are outside of Curry and Kyrie, no titles, barely any great runs in the playoffs, always numbers dipping in the playoffs. Uh, so a guy like Chauncey. Would love, would love to have him back. I'm, I'm sure a lot of teams will be able to use a guy like that, especially in this era where they shoot threes. It'd be perfect. Yeah, when he went down, though, you have to remember he was he was coaching on the bench, so it, that that shows his leadership and and him not you know letting an injury get to him. So he was still looking to make his teammates better. He's the only member of this club. It's a pretty prestigious club to be in. The beat all three goats club, going six and four against Jordan, twenty four and twenty one against Kobe, and twenty two and seventeen against LeBron. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I'll go first. That's a big, big sample size. I mean, that's not a couple games. I mean, with MJ, it's only ten games, but six and four, we'll take it. Anything against MJ, we'll take it. Kobe and LeBron, that's a lot of games, and you know, against Kobe. Uh, there was revenge games included in there after that that loss in the finals. You had the finals included. Uh, LeBron were most playoff games. Most of those were playoff games yep. at 22 and 17. A incredibly, uh, incredibly impressive. Again, shows that this guy was a winner. Always played well against the good, the great players. Um, it, it it's an impressive stat. I didn't know this stat existed. It just proves to me what I already knew. Yeah, that's a huge, huge accomplishment to beat all three, to have a winning record against all three. And I don't want anyone saying, oh, he got the, the best out of Jordan on the Wizards. Because Jordan, 
was still Jordan on the Wizards. And his first game, his rookie debut, he put up 15 against the Bulls in a win. So he did beat the he beat, he did beat uh, Jordan on the Bulls. That's that's great stuff. Great stuff. One thing I do want to add because we always keep it real here on the Big Fellas podcast. Tim Duncan is the closest person to also joining this club, going two and three against Jordan. But the club is the club. The requirements are strict. We had to adhere by them, and therefore Chauncey Billups is the lone member of the Beat All Three Goats Club. One of our last segments, we have the – what was the Chauncey game for you guys? What do you guys – there are a lot to choose from. If you guys have to go with one, one of these moments, one of these points of his career, what are you guys point looking at? I think for me it was the bank shot in game five of the 2004 Eastern Conference. Um, I think it made people realize that you need to guard Chauncey at all times. I think that's when um, – the Mr. Big Shot, Mr. Big Shot really uh, came about. And, and I know you have your quote with uh, Lawrence Frank on saying, uh, calling himself an idiot for not, uh, you know, fouling him or, or double teaming him. So I think for me, uh, for uh, legacy wise, uh, especially with that nickname, I think um, that's, that was huge for me. So. Uh, for me, just impression, impression wise, it's easy. The finals of 2004. Most amazing thing I've seen uh, in a finals. I mean, you just don't expect the Pistons to beat the Lakers, man. It's just not a thing. And, and for Chauncey to have those numbers that you mentioned, which are Hall of Fame, all-time great, was it 50, 47, 92? I mean, that's ridiculous. Against a team that, you know, he had Kobe Bryant checking him in his prime. I mean, that, that's just unreal for me. So the finals was just, for me, it was just amazing. Great, yeah, those are definitely two defining moments of his career. The only things I would add to that would be if there's a second best series of his career, it has to be the 22 points per game he had in that series with the Timberwolves because if it's not for that, he's probably not going to Detroit. And he did that on a team with, with Kevin Godin, one, one of the best players of that era. So there's obviously a lot. The, the, the cage has got to get a lot of touches, and he still somehow managed to average 22 points per game when he really wasn't even a solidified starter on that team. So that's got to be big. The last question I have for you guys, did he play in the right era? Was he too early, too late, or just right? All right, Joe, I'm going to jump in. I do think he played in the right era. Now, I also want to say that he could have certainly blossomed just as much in today's era. Um, the three-point shooting would just go – I mean, he was, he was one of the all-time greats of pulling up on the dime on the three ball. Like, he used to do what Steph did – but a little, not, of course, step to step. But early in that time, in that era, where it was so defensive and three-point shots were not heaved up, and a lot of guys he had on his team were great scorers, like Rip in the mid-range, Rashid in the mid-range, and then the post. Uh, he also he often gave the ball up. But, man, his pull-up game on the three-point line would have been absolutely fantastic today. And, again, like I said before, could have complimented any player. I can even argue, Jim, he could have even played in the 90s with his style of play. Very methodical, very tempo-based, defensive-minded, play good basketball. I, I think if you slot him in at any time, I don't know if he's the 2004 Finals MVP uh, in, any, in any series, of course, you know. Uh, but I do think at any era, he makes it. He's going to be a great player. I would love to have him on my team at any time. I agree. I mean, I think you gave the perfect answer. I think it was just right. Um, 
but he could have definitely uh, blossomed in this era as well. He was a career 38% three-point shooter and, you know, the most three-point shooting era of all time. So um, he definitely would have blossomed in this era. He, he could have played in, I think he could have played in any era. Just the way that he was, his character, his leader, you know, his leadership skills, him playing hard. He could have played in any era, but I think it was, it was just right. I, I, if I had to answer, I would say just right. Chauncey Billups is definitely, when you're a ceiling raiser that Chauncey Billups is, he just brings the potential of your team through the roof. So being a ceiling raiser like he is, I really do think you're right. You guys are right. He could play in any era and his offensive game would definitely be so much more. He's going to fit way better into today's game and great stuff to add. So as we all know, fellas, all good choppers must come to an end. That's all for today's episode. Special thanks to Mitro and Jeff for coming on today. I know I loved every second of it and I hope you fellas enjoyed it too. Until next time. For sure. Hey, hey Jace, thank you for having us on, man. Uh, you know, big things to come, man. Keep it going. Thanks for having us on. I'm excited for your podcast as well, man. Great things to come in, like Mitro said. So thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Big Fellas Podcast. Check us out on all major social media platforms at Big Fellas Pod to join the chop up. You can also listen to us on every podcast platform on the planet. Stay tuned for the next episode, Big Fellas.